This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Bottom of the hour, we'll take you out to the ballpark. I really only want to go to one ballpark, but I got to go to two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get reaction. We'll, you know, we'll relive last night a little bit of the perfect game for the Yankees. We'll talk about a nice afternoon, more offense for the Yankees, and another disappointing loss for the Mets. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour when we take you to the ballpark. But right now, we're going over our, our teammates, Mike Clay and Seth Walder, going through NFL rosters. We just went through the Giants. Before we go to the Jets, Gordon, I just was going to say about Sterling Shepard, the other question, not only is his availability, but after all these injuries, especially with the ACL, what is his, will he still be able to get separation in the slot? That's that's another thing. Is he, uh, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm really wondering if he'll, if he'll still be able to be a, a target where you can say, you know what, I got to throw you open. Will you have enough separation from the defenders? Anything to me, anything you get from him is gravy. You cannot rely on him to be a major part of your offense. All right, Gordon. So, what do you think? Mike Clay and Seth Walder for the Jets. What do you think was their strongest unit? Strongest unit. Now, what did they give them? You said the, what? What were the Giants? Uh, did they have like an overall rating or no? No, they did not. Okay. Um, their strongest unit. The Giant. The Jets' strongest unit. Um, receiver? Cornerback. Cornerback, okay. Reigning Defensive Rookie of the Year and first-team All-Pro Sauce Gardner, already arguably the league's best corner. Running mm-hmm. mate DJ Reed, one of the league's most underrated defensive backs. And former fifth-round flyer Michael Carter has developed into a solid, a solid slot guy. So okay. they right. think the corners are the key and the best, strongest unit for the New York Jets. I thought it was going to be either that or the receiver because they have the mm-hmm. young star there and they've added some pieces to it as well. So uh, not a surprise that it's corner. Weakest unit? I think it would have to be the offensive line, right? Especially offensive tackle. Jets roster pretty solid across the board, but uncertainty at offensive tackle is a red flag, especially with, you know, this guy they got yeah. some quarterback, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You're ta- if you're thinking about ways that this can go wrong. <laughs> That's one of them. That is a big one. Now you got left tackle Dwayne Brown, Makai Becton. You know, who knows what, what's going on with him. Uh, but, you know, Brown was not great last year, Gordon. He's now 37. Yeah, he's Becton, 48 snaps the past two seasons. Uh, Billy Turner, Max, Max Mitchell, contingent, contingency plans. That That could be a concern. That should be a major concern. That that if you're thinking up and drawing up, if you're a negative Jet fan or someone who wants to think in the negative, the way it goes wrong, the number one way that's the most realistic for it to go wrong is something goes wrong with that offensive line because that offensive line, it's amazing the amount of assets the Jets have poured into that offensive line, signing guys, trading for guys, drafting guys, and here we are still. That's the weakest part of the team. It is. Now, the X factor for the Giants was Ryan Neal. The X factor for the Jets is Carl Lawson. Uh, According to Clay and Walder, the Jet defense last year was built on exceptional corner play, but it still needs to better the outside pass rush. Lawson now two years removed from the Achilles that robbed him of his 2021 season. Most likely the Jets outside rusher to hit double-digit sacks. At least they hope so. To me, the the X factor is Brees Hall. I agree. 
Brees Hall, is he going to be the guy that he was last year before the injury? How quickly can you get that? Because if you can get him up to speed, because his, he had the injury very early on, uh, and he is expected back. If he if, if it does not take him the full year like it's taken some, like Saquon, that's a major part of the offense. You're right. It is. And really, while I understand what they're talking about because they do need a pass rush from Carl Lawson, and that's why they paid him the big dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bottom line is the way that – and listen, since he doesn't have to worry about the offense, uh, you know, uh, Salah will have plenty of time to work on defense. <laughs> He, I mean, he rotates his 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 front line so much that you know he'll he'll get he'll find a way to get some, you know, some pressure on the quarterback. So I'm not worried about that. But yes, obviously, for them to get their money's worth, it would be nice for, for Carl Lawson to be able to to show up and give them double digit sacks. But Gordon, to be honest, I don't think he will. It's, it's kind of it's it's it's, it's almost like the Sterling Shepard. It's kind of hard to count on him at this point. Yep, absolutely. And 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 unfortunately, the Jets are counting on him. A lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot more than the Giants are counting on Sterling Shepard. No question about it. So Sterling Shepard was the non-starter to know for the Giants. For the Jets, the non-starter to know is Bryce Huff. Didn't play enough to qualify, but if he had his 31% pass rush win rate at edge, would have been would have led the NFL last season. So they expect that he will do great things if he continues on the path that he had. Going to got one more team. Okay. Okay. The Miami Dolphins are ranked fourth. Oh come on, fourth. Well, uh, look, they're 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 evaluating this on paper. Yes, and, and on paper they are a very talented team. Yes, absolutely. So let's have a little fun with your Dolphins. Who okay. do you think was their strongest unit? Their strongest unit would either be receiver or corner. You are correct. They chose corner. Okay. Defensive lead on paper, obviously uh, Jalen Ramsey, not bad. Uh, Xavier Howard, not bad. Uh, you've got the second-year slot man, Kata, uh, help me Kohu. Out, Kata, right? Yeah. Kohu. Mm-hmm. And uh, you go, you got Nick Needham and second-round right. rookie Cam Smith to add some depth. So corner looks pretty good. Now, the weakest unit, this is interesting to me. I want to see what you think. I would say their weakest unit is their offensive line. That, that to me, is my biggest concern. They, they probably won't say that, but I would say uh, offensive line. Now, they say the offensive line is the X factor. Yeah. Okay. They <laughs> okay. Say, other, than, other than Tua, the offensive line is the X factor, ranked 24th in pass block win rate a year ago. The weakest unit for them is the tight end spot. Yeah, they don't really use the tight end. You know, and Mike Kosecki's gone. Yeah, they don't really use they – didn't, they didn't utilize him at all. And for a creative uh, offensive head coach, you would think that Mike McDaniel would have – the reason I would say the offensive line is the biggest weakness is because they weren't very good, and they have more riding on their offensive line than anybody else because Tua is so injury-prone. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they have to be perfect all year to keep him upright because it, oh, for any quarterback, it only takes one hit, but for, for Tua, it really yeah. only takes one hit. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary, and then it could be his career. It could be his, it, it yeah. could be his career if he gets hit. Uh, I... I Perish to think of what will happen when he gets hit this year. How do you feel about Mike White? He gets hurt a lot too. I, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. If, I, if I'm going and getting a backup quarterback, I want, especially after they just had uh, Teddy, Bridgew, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who was also always hurt. 
Yeah. I need somebody in that back. If, if I know my starting quarterback, and I get it, they don't have a lot of money to go out and spend on a, on a backup quarterback. It, it, you're, you're investing in all these other positions. But when you have such a major quarterback, at, a question of quarterback like the Dolphins do with Tua, mm-hmm. I need somebody in there who I can count on. And Mike White, the only thing you can count on is, is he gets hurt a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And that's partly because he, he, he hasn't, to me, gotten that confidence or skill to move around the pocket. Gordon, he, I, listen, I, I, I admire somebody that wants to stand in there and make sure they, they get yep. to play. Toughness. I admire it. Mm-hmm. You know, toughness and everything. That's why he got a T-shirt in that Jet locker room. But it doesn't do you any good if he's not playing. No. Yeah, that's a dangerous situation. So that takes care of uh, just three teams that I thought you might be interested in, Gordon. But before we leave football, uh, I'm very curious what the NFL is going to try to do with this policy about gambling. All right, so four players, as you know, were suspended Mm -hmm. for gambling violations. Uh, Three of them out for the year. Uh, And and one of them didn't even (laughs) – one guy bet it – bet on the team – bet – didn't even bet on football. He was like betting on something else, but he was at the team's facility. Right. So he got suspended for for six games. So, I, I mean, and the Colts waived one guy, two guys that were caught for betting. Gordon, what's going to happen with this? Well, I, I mean, the NFL is doing the only thing they really can do. They cannot – the league, I understand that people will point to the hypocrisy of them taking the money and yes. from the gambling sites and not allowing their – they can't allow their players to gamble on football. They can't. And at the end of the day, it's a business, and they're just going to take whatever money they can get, but they cannot allow their players to bet on, on the sport that they're playing, and they don't want them betting. If you want to play in the NFL, it is a privilege – and the one of the parts of that privilege is you cannot bet on sports while you're here. So if that's a problem for you, you're not going to be here. And what you would say about the NFL is they've been clear. Now, I thought the one they gave Calvin Ridley at the time was too severe, the full mm-hmm. year. But they put it on the record. They set an example there. So anybody who's getting suspended for a year now, what's your, what's your defense? You knew, you knew the deal going in. You know it's going to be very, very strict. If you bet on football and you're playing in the NFL, they're going to find you and you're going to be gone for a year. It is not worth it. You would think the people would eventually get it, but uh, I guess some guys didn't get it yet. It's very simple. It's about the integrity of the game. Yep. And once a sport loses its integrity, the sport is done. It's done. You already have people. More than enough people online that anytime anything weird happens in a game, they think, oh, it's rigged. It's rigged. This is rigged. It's all rigged. The last thing you need is more. You don't need those people bringing more people into their group. And if you're allowing players to bet and you're not hitting them with major suspensions, that group, that fringe group is going to become mainstream. And then all of a sudden you got a real problem if you're the NFL. Yep, you do. You do. And, uh, you know, obviously players talk. So I called my guy over in Green Bay. He told me this person's hurt. So I put some money down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, look, that, that's going to that's going to be part of it. That is absolutely no going to be part of it. And and what happened during the NBA draft, I don't know if you're aware of this, but at one point uh, there was a reporter that put out that it looked like the Hornets were looking at Scoot Henderson. And that was a surprise. 
And with that news, that person has an affiliation with, uh, I think it's FanDuel, might be mm-hmm. DraftKings, one of the major ones. So a lot of people saw that reporting and said, oh, I can get him at great odds right now to be the second pick. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be wrong. And, and pe- now, I don't, think that the- I don't think that there was anything nefarious going on. I think the reporter probably got some bad information. But those things pop up. It's going it- to it's gonna- it's draw attention. For sure. And all it does is put more questions about mm-hmm. the sport. And you can't have it, especially in postseason. Especially when you start talking postseason and stuff. You just, it's just, you're better off just not doing it. And I get, the, I get where people would say, like you mentioned, the hypocrisy of it. Oh, that's all you do. Everything is sponsored by a betting mm-hmm. group. Everything yep. NFL, every, all sports are sponsored by that. We were just talking about how all the franchises are heading to Vegas now. It's, it's a different time, but still... It's about the integrity of whatever sport you're talking about. And for the NFL, if they want to continue to print money, they've got to get a hold on this. Yeah. I would have thought after the Calvin Ridley one that that would have taken care of it. But that was not the case. We'll continue the conversation with you on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I got to tell you, when I first heard about the Harden trade, Mm. this is the first thing that went into my mind. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) That's Buddha's laugh. Yes. (laughs) That's the first thing I thought of. First thing I thought of. And guess who's on the line waiting to talk to us, Gordon? Would that be Buddha in the Bronx? Buddha in the Bronx. <laughs> What's up, Buddha? <laughs> Y'all are wrong for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, uh, before I say that, I just say one thing really quickly. I called to talk about that and uh, Herman. Well, Herman, I'll just say something very quickly. You know, what a difference a day makes. That dude was about to be out of here. <laughs> yeah, he saved his Yankee future with that pitching performance last night. Oh, my God. But, you know, you, you, and before the hard thing, real quick, I, I'm sorry. I know I'm on, I'm on the tangent right now. But listen, uh, you talk about, I don't know what report that was about Carl Lawson being <laughs> the X Factor. The, the X Factor this defense. year, Buddha. He's the X Factor. Oh, my God. He's triple X. Like, uh, what's his name? <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad sign if he's the X Factor. Yeah, please. The, the X factor for the Jets defense is Joe Douglas. I know you didn't draft him. Can you sign Quinn Williams and stop playing? You know, that's the X factor for the Jets defense. All I think about when I – I told y'all, I called y'all when, they, when he signed this guy. Carl Absolutely. Wilson. Everybody was like, yo, he, he was killing Makai Beckton and Price. I said, listen, this dude's max total was 5.5 sacks before he got here. And all I think about with him is – there's an old Dougie Fresh and Slickwick song, and I'm not going to say the title, but the line in it was, here's the mailman, short yet stout. I mean, please. This guy's no defensive end, like no top. I mean, he's a rotational piece. And the Jets are acting like he's some kind of starter because he beat Makai Becton, who, like, let's be honest, that's eating his way out of the NFL. But anyway, you know, with this James Harden, you know, and I sent y'all something earlier. <laughs> you know something, guys? Uh, listen. If the Knicks are that stupid to do something like that, you know, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to say to the Heavenly Father, thank you. You are so merciful. I appreciate you so much. I mean, come on, man. Listen, 
traded to the Clippers, and for some ill reason, that they're like, they'll send 12 drawers to us. We'll do that, sign, sealed, and delivered. But if we can't get that, and the Knicks are stupid enough to sign this guy, listen, we'll take OB, uh, the wall called Jericho, and 48, and we'll call it a night because it's addition by subtraction. I mean, come on, man. This guy's not. You know, I was watching the game with my mom one night, and she was like, that guy's hairline looks real bad, and he looks fat. My mother's 81 years old. You know, so if she can see that, and they can't see that in, in Madison Square Garden, I mean, God bless them. I'm telling you something, man. The, 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 you know, listen, if you, and this was horrible, too. The media here and the fans, some of them, you know, the Knicks fans are very intelligent, and the media here is, is, is very persistent. They made sure that Ime Udoka did not get that next job. They made sure, and if they got if they got anything worth their salt, they'll do the same thing to make sure that uh, James Harden doesn't come in. And let's be honest, the Udoka thing, listen, that's between him and me alone. That ain't even none of your damn business. So if you're going to allow James Harden to come in, please. I mean, come on. If that happens, forget it. Hey, listen, you're talking about laughing. <laughs> oh, God, God, I love you. I'm a All right, Booth. <laughs> Thanks for the phone call. I told you, Gordon, I heard him laughing in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. He's oh. right. He's right. If the Knicks are dumb enough to do that, oof. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah, no, it tells you more than you need to know. Yeah. It tells you, it tells you that. <laughs> because, because right now it's still undecided. We, right. we don't know. And we can dream of all these different scenarios of this superstar or that superstar. But if that's the superstar, no, if that's what be. we've been waiting for. Can't be. Can't be. No. No, no it won't be. I, I, do, I will not believe that to be true. Gordon, I can't do, I can't do it. After the Mets no. season and then James Harden to the Knicks, I can't. Gordon, no, I can't. There's, I can't th- do there's it. There's no way. Let's let's run down uh, the the same list of people that always get me. Let, we'll, let's go back to Zach Levine and let's go back to Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns and Zion. And <laughs> same old list. I don't like this new list. That's terrible. No, the new list is much worse than the old Whew. list. Give me the old list right away. I oh, just was way, starting to get of, excited about OG uh, Obanobi. What was his name? OG Obanobi, whatever his yeah. name is, the kid Ananobi. from Toronto. Yeah, and Ananobi. then all of a sudden the next day, James Harden to the Knicks. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh man. This sports business, it's tough being a fan. (laughs) It's tough being a fan. Oh, my God. I got to believe that that's the agent cooking something up. That's what I think it is. There's no way. And one of the reports, it might have been Ian Begley who said that not everybody in the Knicks front office is on the same page uh, on Harden. I'm thinking to myself, they they better be all on the same page. (laughs) The, The page says no. That's the only word on the page. No. And then they well, close the this. book and they throw it in the fire. I'll say this. I know one person who said no. And he's the head coach of the team. <laughs> I know he said no. Yeah, that I trade, know he you, said no. If you make that trade, you better get a couple of uh, trade requests to be uh, f- uh, answered la- uh, later, right? Like players yep. to be named later. Yep. Coaches to be Trade demands to be, uh, to be named later. <laughs> yep. Because I'm out of here. Uh, when we return, we'll take you to the ballpark. We'll begin with the... Kind of a old to Domingo Herman. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. That guy's hairline looks real bad. He looks fat. <laughs> I've been laughing at him. <laughs> oh, my God. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. 
It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damer going to the ballpark. This is where we take you to where the Mets are playing and the Yankees are playing, and we hear from the athletes. But, Gordon, we're going to go back to last night. After Domingo Herman threw a perfect game, El Perfecto, the Yankee manager was asked, what will he remember about said perfect game? I think the fact that it's been a tough week for Domingo, you know, with what he's gone through, losing an uncle and, and to, for him to go out there and do that, I mean, it only, I'm sure it adds to the emotion for him and to see his teammates, how excited they are for him, knowing what he's kind of going through the last couple of days. I'm just, I'm so proud of him. He's, you know, he's been through so much. And again, this is, this was not an easy, this has not been an easy week or time for him and for him to go out there and, and paint that masterpiece. Uh, was really just a lot of fun to, to be able to watch. You know, Gordon, it, it's so funny. We always hear athletes talk about whenever they're going through something, whether it's personal or on the field, but especially when it's personal, getting back on, on their particular sport, on the field, on the court, on the on the golf course, whatever it is, it, it, it's what's they can get away from what's bothering them. And clearly, last night, Domingo Herman was able to put all these issues away and just pits perfectly yeah no question right uh, it was an amazing performance and uh one that as you're watching it in real time you're thinking about domingo herman domingo herman is going to be the guy to do this and uh, he was the guy to do it <laughs> he was and kyle higashioka was his catcher as a matter of fact kyle higashioka caught Corey kluber's perfect game so he was asked to compare the two Actually, it was quite different. I honestly, I just felt like I was a passenger for this one. Like, I was, just don't miss the ball and don't mess it up. You know, Domingo was def definitely driving the ship. He had a plan, and I mean, we both had a plan, but he had just ultimate confidence in his stuff. You know, when he liked to pitch, he was he was sticking with it. So <laughs> it worked at least for one night. So David Cohn on Yes said, "You know what? This maybe could be." you know, a chance for things to go a different way for the Yankees. You hope so. I mean, you, you can't just keep talking about, you know, uh, the offense and Aaron Judge and what, what do they do to score more runs. At some point, you have to adapt. And the way you adapt is you pitch better and you field better and you do run prevention more than you do run scoring, at least until Judge gets back or at least until you can get something going offensively. So, really, the, the Yankees are very capable of winning games a different way than just slugging or, or being the Bronx Bombers. And well, we'll find out, Gordon. He, he might have been, you know, Nostradamus taking what happened today as the Yanks win 10-4, their fourth win in the last five games. They're 10-3 over Oakland the last two seasons, clearly the most wins against any team not in the AL East over that span. IKF 2-4, for four, three RBIs, his fifth home run in 64 games. Harrison Bader, three for four, an RBI third multi-hit game in his last four games and third three-hit game this season. And oh, by the way, Josh Donaldson, one for five with the home run, two RBIs, the home run, 472 feet, his longest in the StatCast stat era, which started in 2015. And Donaldson said, I hit like this all the time. I feel like my bats have been pretty decent overall. It's not really finding uh, holes right now. The only place I feel like I could find success is hitting the ball at the ballpark right now. But uh, at the end of the day, I got a good pitch to him. He's able to you know, take advantage of it. Gordon, have you seen these great at-bats that Josh Donaldson's had? 
He's hit some home runs. He has had some power. I'll say this. I, I don't think that Josh Donalds has turned anything around. I don't expect him to be a productive player. But, man, if he ever – if the Yankees were ever right on this one, <laughs> may, we would have to take calls, Larry, around the clock in, uh, in apologies with the You're amount right. of, uh, of criticism we've given. And rightfully so because he's been terrible. But if they were ever right, if this is him starting to come around and he's going to be a, a productive offensive player from this point on, man, the Yankees would have one over us. We, we'd never hear the end of it. By the way, Gordon, athletics, 10-plus runs allowed for the 21st time this season. No other team has more than 13 of those games. Wow. Yeah, it's, they, are, they are brutally bad. That's why the losing the, the first game was outrageous. You should never lose a game to the Oakland A's. You're right. It's true. And now after today's game, Gordon, it's time for my favorite part of the program. It's called Answers with Aaron. This is where Gordon Damer mind melds with the Yankee manager. All right, we have two for you tonight, Gordon. Okay. Here's the first one. This is Aaron Boone on the team's effort versus Oakland. Team's effort versus Oakland. Well, I, th- I think he would point to uh, that the effort's good all the time, but uh, to see the results, it's good to see the results for a change. We've been scuffling a little bit, but uh, and I think he'll probably name a bunch of guys who had good offensive games today and uh, to carry this forward into uh, the next series and for the rest of the season. Aaron Boone on the team's effort against the A's. I thought the guys were really energetic, almost that you know, like euphoric. It's like, here we go, let's go tomorrow, and you're coming off the high of, of Domingo. So I really thought the energy was really good early on, and then just a lot of good at-bats. All right, so that's Aaron Boone there. All right. Didn't mention any names. I feel names, like he was cut off a little bit there, but all right. Didn't mention any names, but no, didn't mention general any. ideas. All right. The next one, what do you take away with this offense in the series? What what do you take away with this oh, offense? Oh, really? In the really? I feel like this is where I'll get into some guys really good at bats. We're really starting to see guys come around. Uh, obviously, Josh Donaldson with the, his big home run today. G, I, get, I think we'll get a G in this one with uh, his performance the last couple of nights. Uh, LeMayhew and Bader and, and IKF. They'll throw IKF in there and Volpe. I think this is the one where he'll. He'll name some players and the offensive performances against the historically bad Oakland A's. So this is the one where he throws in the Minnesota trade, guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Aaron Boone, what do you take away with this offense in this series? Just some traction for some guys, you know, like obviously JD's come back, hit a couple homers, extra base hit, got robbed of another hit today. Big G getting something going, you know, obviously a couple big swings yesterday, you know, and then all the other guys around contributing. I feel like DJ's, you know, on base three times today and, and probably could have been on base four or five times, got robbed a couple times. So hopefully we keep building on that. I'm like right, Josh Donaldson. I strike out a lot, but when I hit him, man, they go a long way, Larry. Big G. Big G. <laughs> big G. Uh, he's been little G a lot lately, but he now he's, he's big G once again. He's, he's been no G. <laughs> yeah. He's been K. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of K. Lots That's of what K. he's been. Yeah. One more from Aaron Boom. This is on Rizzo's x-rays. Just icing just kind of swelled up on him there on that spot. X-rays were negative. So we'll see if he's good enough to go tomorrow. It's probably a day-to-day thing. So we'll see. Uh-oh. Just when he starts to go. Just when he starts to hit, Gordon. Yeah. Um, that would be a big loss. They can't afford to lose professional no. hitters. They don't no. have that many of them. No, nope, definitely don't. 
And then there were the Mets, who lost again, Gordon. They lost to the Milwaukee Brewers by the score of 3-2. Let me ask you this before we get to the cuts. Yes. At what point is somebody going to flip out? Is there a point where somebody's going to take the bat to the bat rack and, and knock it around or throw over a water cooler or get pissed off? Does anybody get ticked off with this team? You know I what? Thought, outside thought, of the fans, outside of the people that call. Yeah. I thought it was going to be – it's either going to be McNeil or Alonzo. Alonzo, after the, the, the out in the eighth inning, when, he, mm-hmm. when the home run went foul and then he lined out, and you can see him slam the bat, the helmet into the into the you know the rack, and but McNeil is a guy that I think is you know he he's about to go. <laughs> I'm just telling you, he's about to go, and I, so I think it's going to be one of those two guys. I really do. Lind, it's not going to be Lindor. It's going to be either Alonzo or uh, McNeil. I need me. to see it from somebody here before yeah. too long. You would think, you would think, or Scherzer. Scherzer would be one that might give do it to it me as well. Yeah. It might be. Buck Walter. obviously the focus on Starling Marte, who came up in key situations and um, didn't produce one for five tonight. But especially a bases loaded spot in the ninth inning. So Buck, was Marte trying to do too much? Keep hoping the worm's going to change some with the – it's not just pure luck. Don't get me going. It's just some hard hit balls. You know, Starling had a base hit that he hit well. You know, Williams good. And when you got a guy that's change up is the out pitch, any, any uh, over-aggressiveness plays right into his hand. So, uh, how do you keep going, Buck? What's the secret? Well, we got to do this. We got to do that. And, you know, we need a swing and bunt in that situation. You know, we need a wild pitch, you know, something that uh, a break that kind of goes our way. And right now we're, we're pretty snake bit with it. Keep thinking that tomorrow's the day that uh, we get some footing. Yeah. It's a lot of snakes. <laughs> and no footing. No. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of snakes out there. Yep, it definitely is. Uh, Buck, what's your thoughts about the team? But I think if you start bringing those things up and talking about a lot, it's they know, and uh, just hope the, that the game turns for them because they deserve better. Well, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm not optimistic, Gordon. I'm sure they'll play a little better, but it's not going to be much better. This this season looks like it's done. It really does. I mean, when you are, gosh, nine games under 500. You're about nine or nine and a half out of a wild card spot, and you've got six or seven teams you got to go over to try to get to the final wild card. Not not the first wild card, Gordon. The final wild card. I I just don't I just don't see how it goes. I just don't. It doesn't feel like they do anything, any aspect of the game consistently enough that it would be able to carry for four or five or six games in a row that would get you jump started. And that's what you need. That's what I thought that this homestand was going to be. You win a couple of games, you start getting moved in the right direction. But instead, they're they're falling further behind. They are. Last one from Buck Shaw, Walter. You know, it's not a game without Max Scherzer battling an umpire. Here's Buck Shaw, Walter. Scherzer's fourth inning sticky check seemed to go last like a minute. It had nothing to do with the sticky. It was about uh, how he was calling pitches and how Ron Culpa decided it, it might be a balk or something, a double set, and, you know, I'm sure Ron was trying to get ahead of it and warn Max, that's not going to go very well. It's it's nothing illegal. It's just I'm sure he thinks he's trying to be preventive about it. And um, 
it's been shown to be a pretty legal way to, you know, at some point you got to take your hand and hit the button. You know, I mean, it's, you can't have both. But no, that had nothing to do with sticky checks. Okay. Good. Not I mean, sure could you imagine? What's the next suspension? Is it 50 games or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it might be. Might be. Can you imagine if he got suspended again? Oh, my the, oh. oh my God. <laughs> that would be that would be him saying it's over. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> that would be it. That would be it. Speaking of the Max Scherzer, six innings, seven hits, two runs, both earned, two walks, nine strikeouts, one home run, 106 pitches, 66 for strikes. His Scherzer on his outing. Thought I threw the ball well. You know, it was really mixed my pitches. Threw a lot of curveballs tonight. You know, I felt like that was a really good pitch for me that I was able to lean on. Um, but anytime we lose by one, uh, you always look, you know, what could you have done to prevent, you know, one extra run from scoring? And you're always going to look at yourself and, you know, what you could have done. And, you know, it's unfortunate that Homer really kind of flipped the game a little bit. So, you know, I'm accountable for what, you know, those two runs. You know, you wish you would have gotten a zero up there and you never know how things would have gone. But, you know, that's baseball. You always look to improve yourself, improve everything you do, and, you know, try to come back next time and try to pitch even better. So, because I know I'm capable of that. I know I'm capable of even pitching better, even though tonight was good. Uh, you can always look at yourself and be better. So, Max, is there anything you would have done differently on the home run ball to Caratini? Yeah, I'm not going to tip my hand and say out loud what it is. But, yeah, anytime you give up a homer, you always want to throw a different pitch. All right, Max, what, is the, what has to happen to turn things around for this team right now? Play better. Hitters need a hit. Pitchers need a pitch. Fielders need a field. Run the bases well. That's how you win ball games. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Max, any thoughts on Cohen's comments on your no trade clause yesterday? Yeah, I'll comment uh, when Steve says sell. Till then, it's pointless. It's just clickbait now. When Steve says, when he says sell, when he he drives this, so it's pointless for me to talk about anything in the contract whatsoever. I'm here to show up to win. That's all I'm here to do. Continue to believe that we're going to win. Like I said, I'm not going to comment on anything because otherwise, it's just clickbait. Ooh. Uh, he'll be selling at, at this rate. He'll be yeah. saying sell I shortly. Say, I would say, Max, sit by the phone. <laughs> keep your keep your phone. Don't put your phone on vibrate. Keep it keep it by your side and the ringer on and and charged. Yes, charged. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Make sure you don't want to find out with a, a crawl on ba da da ba da da. Yeah, it's not the way to find out. That's our look around the league for the locals, Mets and Yankees. Both start weekend series tomorrow. When we return, we'll take your phone calls before we leave you at midnight on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, I got two more stats for you. On the Mets. Mm -hmm. 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position the last two games. That seems bad. Here's what's worse. The Mets are 7-18 and 18 in June. Only Kansas City, 6-19, and 19 are worse this month. I hate to be a broken record, but ever since that tailgate, Larry. Stop it. Ever since Rick and Dave showed it. up at City Field. Don't ever since it. the company showed up at don't City do Field. It. I don't know what they don't did. Stop I don't know it. if they stop flipped it. a switch. Don't I don't do know if it. they hit a button. Don't do it. Stop it. It, it, at I'm this not point, there to protect you tomorrow, Gordon. They have to go back. They got to get another thing to go back. It's Tweet like when, that. Uh, on, that. on the Brady Bunch when they disturbed the, the, the idol. Yes. That's what the company and, and the morning show showing up to City Field was like. So this is like the new movie, The Flash? They got to go back in time? And, and they de- they got to go back. They got to get back there immediately. <laughs> now, they can't go tomorrow. No, they can't go tomorrow. They're busy. Right. We're very busy tomorrow. 
Very busy. But very, very so- busy. If they don't go back soon, there's no point in going back at all. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but this is they true. might need to go back in time. They might need to go back to like Monday or something just to <laughs> give themselves some wiggle room. Yeah, when they go back and they change Steve Cohen's speech on their way back. <laughs> Can they change that speech? Strange things happen in baseball. The Mets all of a sudden finding finding it and, and going on a run. There would be fewer things that are stranger than that. I mean, think think about this. And I'm not saying that they're not giving effort. We'll get to the calls in a minute. I'm not saying they're not giving effort because they are. But can you imagine your owner speaks – the manager gets manager gets thrown out, and you lose the you lose the next two games. Well, no, two no. Games. I, I, look, maybe it's my maybe it's my flaw, but in moments like this, I feel like anger is a good thing, and mm-hmm. I don't see anybody getting angry. Yeah. I'd like to see somebody get a little angry. That would show me you care, because if yeah. you're angry, you care. Yeah. And it just seems like everybody's okay with hey, just angry going down with the ship. Yeah. It does look that way. It really does. Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Evening, boys. How are we doing? Hey, Tommy. Hey. So uh, you guys got me dying laughing over here. Uh, and it's so frustrating. Baseball is such a frustrating game because trying harder doesn't necessarily lead to better results. So they, the Mets are – oh, my God. Poor, poor fans are just – it's just it's brutal, um, and then so so I'm so I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan, and I was just so happy to finally put up like a crooked number tonight, because you know I'm watching the game. It's it's two one, it's three two, and then finally just put we put up in the eight spot. I was like, oh, thank thank God, you know, and it's you know God save his soul, to Josh Donaldson. It's IKF. It's all, it's all the guys you would you wouldn't expect. It's a nice thing, Tommy. Thanks for the phone call. If you're a Yankee fan right now, and you're looking, and you see what you're able to put, forget forget who the team is, because you've lost the teams that were bad before. Mm-hmm. But you're getting run production, and you're and and your guy's not your number one guy is not even in the lineup. You don't even know when he's coming back. Still don't have a timeline. He was taught. He was playing to catch the other day, so mm-hmm. that, I think that that's a good sign. Yeah, I would think so. But there's a long way to go before from catch to getting Running back in the, the box and playing every day. So yeah, the, the the benefit the Yankees have from now until the All Star break is they don't really play great teams. The Orioles are good, mm-hmm. but next up is the Cardinals. Cardinals have had a very difficult season. The Cubs mm-hmm. are not great either. Right. So you got to you got to make hay while the sun shines and keep things afloat. Taking two or three against Oakland helps you do that. So you, you got to go win another series. They've won some series. They won a series against Texas. Mm-hmm. They won the series against Seattle mm-hmm. after the disaster against the Red Sox. So let's see if they can keep it going in the right direction. Now, what since I'm away, what do you, what, what do you got cooking Saturday and what do you have cooking for the, well, I know you're working on the 4th. So what are you doing after you finish working on the 4th? That's a good question, Larry. These are, these are all excellent questions. <laughs> and I will start working on this uh, as soon as the show is over. In other words, in other know, words, I, Mrs. I, I have Damer some hasn't sticks in the yet. fire, but with the with the Knicks situation being what it is, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to go down that road too far because things can change. So uh, it, it's going to be a little potpourri on Saturday, I think. Nice. But, but of course, what I learned on TikTok. 
Oh, oh, that's that's a staple. Yeah, that's oh, a Saturday. That's a that's a guarantee. You will get what I learned on TikTok. All right, that sounds good. Well, listen, my friend, have a great Fourth of July. Have a great vacation, Larry. Thank you, and I'll see you sometime after vacation. I'm looking at the schedule. I don't know when that will be, but I'll see you sometime during vac- after vacation when I get back. I will look forward to it. Hopefully, the Mets are still alive when that happens. I hope they're dead so I can get out of my misery. <laughs> thank you, Gordon. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Harvey Joe, thank you very much. Freddie and Fitz are next on 98.7 ESPN.